yeah Making her way to the mic They start dimming the lights You start feeling alright From Birmingham Home with the Teddy Longs And the room is studded More once you discover For all of the lovers Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns For all of the lovers Mickey James and Marvin Gaye For all of the lovers of Sasha Banks Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige Allow me to say Look, I just found a place We'd escape Every one of us I was kinda late I just made it off the struggle bus Walking by the fake Cause I know it's right in front of us Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the Resto Hey y'all, welcome to a new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast With your girl Stephanie Hardy So in this episode, I talk more about the Belladonna Division show Genesis 2 That's taking place this Saturday at the Gaston Mall Get your tickets by the way I also talked to one of the participants in the show, Miss Jalance Royale, who is an amazing wrestler and an accomplished singer. And I talk more about what's going on in my life in terms of wrestling, podcasting, hosting, and more. So sit back, relax, and listen to your favorite chill, positive, and passionate show, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Alright, so I have Miss Shalance Royale with me on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. She is an amazing wrestler. We actually had the privilege of meeting each other um, at the Belladonna Division show a couple months ago where I commentated and she basically just blew me away with her voice and with her wrestling abilities. So, Shalance, how are you? I'm doing well. The day is winding down. I'm winding down too. So, I'm doing great. Awesome. So I'm going to start by asking you what I ask all of my guests, and that's when did you fall in love with wrestling? Hmm. So I'm a very different case. So I have vague memories of some things, but I remember my first, perhaps my first meeting of wrestling is, uh, I think my dad was flipping through channels. I think he actually was watching wrestling and I came teetering in the room. I was really, 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 really super young. And I remember seeing, I believe the Divas belt. I don't remember the Divas specifically. Maybe Mickey. I know I fell in love with her later, but I remember seeing that. I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. I want to do that. And I completely forgot about it. Completely forgot about it. And it wasn't until maybe middle school. No, it it wasn't until my late high school, early college days where I got the video game. It was one of the Raw vs. Smackdowns on my PlayStation 2 and PSP. Um, And yeah, I was a nerd, I was a gamer. (laughs) And I loved to create a wrestler function. And I would spend hours, you know, back then they didn't even have that many options, but me, I would spend hours making the characters and everything. And that's when I actually fell in love with wrestling i loved going down the move list and seeing the like whatever wrestler you picked at that time do it i love seeing all the girls do all the moves because they didn't restrict the moves to just the the girls and the guys so you could see them do all the moves 
but I would say that is when I absolutely fell in love with pro wrestling through the video game. <laughs> See, that's a really cool story. And you know, you bring up the Divas um, title and a lot of people, you know, among certain wrestling spaces in terms of the fandom have a tendency to sort of look down on that title. But deep down inside, I'm glad you actually said you thought that that title was pretty because I think it's pretty too. Because I am in love with all of the women's titles. Like it's my personal goal to collect every women's title that exists before I die. Really? Yeah, and I already have two. Like I have the Raw oh. women's title and I have the SmackDown women's title. So like that is like one of my biggest goals and the divas title is going to be there because even though a lot of people kind of look down on it like i thought it was really pretty because it's a butterfly and it's pink i mean it's cute you know and it's it still is, meant, it's you know it still meant a lot you know in terms of championship canon and a lot of great wrestlers held that title so i don't mm -hmm. understand why people you know sort of choose to look down on it just because they feel like it looks like a toy or something right. like that i mean it kind of does but at the same time it's still <laughs> so pretty and it still has so much great you know lineage behind it that you can't really look down on it either so i'm glad you said that and the part about the video games too that's really that's a valid experience you know i didn't really grow up playing the wrestling video games but i've been surrounded by people you know who have and it's kind of cool how you can just go in and it seems like it gets bigger and more vast every year with mm -hmm. all the things that you can choose and customize with how they look and all the moves that they use and everything so i totally get that and i think it's cool that you were um open to saying that you were into video games like that oh i love video games i so that's like my secret passion in wrestling i want to be in a video game the moment that that happens i can just i'll write out my will i'm done i'm done <laughs> <laughs> Well, I definitely believe that that can happen because you're and you're on the right track. So when did you exactly decide to pursue it as a career? Okay, so it was uh, during <laughs> my backyard wrestling days. So I actually started in the backyard. Literally, there was a ring in the backyard and a grill on the side. So after we finished wrestling, we can go on over to the grill and get us some food. It was literally backyard. And I didn't know anything about wrestling really at the time. And it's a, it's quite an interesting story of how I even got to backyard wrestling. But anyway, I won't bore you with those details, but I got there and I'm like, I need to do research on what the freak I'm doing because they just wanted me to use my judo and jujitsu skills. But I didn't know how to do judo and jujitsu in wrestling because if I put you in a hole, you're not supposed to get out. You know what I mean? So right. you're not supposed to be okay by the end of the day. Um, so I'm like, well, let me do some research. And I, the first match that I watched of recent time at that time was Asuka versus Ember Moon. And it was before Asuka got called up. So I guess it was her last match in NXT. And I about, I was crying because I, the last time I watched wrestling the women were not wrestling like that they weren't given chances like that um i didn't know that at the time because i didn't know the backstage politics but they you know they just didn't have that and to see these two women that are of minorities doing this you know what i mean like i was just like 
are you kidding me? I've gone away for so long. This is what I want to do. So seeing that match ignited a fire in me. And then at training, you know, I'm trying to do everything under the sun. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm trying to do everything under the sun that I saw that do it. And one of the guys were like, well, if you really, really want to do this, then you should get training. And I'm like, I really want to do this. So one of my friends, um, he goes by Renegade uh, Enforcer, was like, hey, there's a school up in Norcross. You should go. You're going to totally love it. Just, just give it one day. And I promise you, you'll love it. And I did. So from that day, I'm like, why do I want to do backyard wrestling for free when I could do pro wrestling and I can get paid and I can get closer to my dream? Yeah, that's pretty insane that that was like, you saw that match. And I remember actually watching that match and it was really good. Um, Cause Oscar was undefeated at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was the NXT Women's Champion for so long. And everybody was wondering like who was going to finally dethrone her. And Ember really made a really great case because she's such a fantastic wrestler. And I feel like that's a really great place to sort of start. If you're going to see women's wrestling, NXT is one of the best places, you know, to see the best in women's wrestling period. Um, But, and the idea that you saw that, you know, and it resonated with you so well, um, that is really cool. And you mentioned that you had jujitsu training? Yes. So before I did wrestling, um, it's, it's very weird. So. Uh, I know a lot of people out there can relate, but you know when you have like a relationship going on and it's kind of like fizzling, so you're trying to find things you could do together to kind of save it? Well, at the time, back back in the day, a long time ago, I was engaged and it was fizzling out. And he's like, well, why don't you come to training with me? And I don't know if he really thought that I was going to do it because he, he was doing judo and jiu-jitsu, but I'm like, sure, I'll go. And so I go up in there, get my little white belt, got my gi on, and I'm all excited because I get to spend time with my future hubby. (laughs) And I killed it. I loved it. And eventually he couldn't do it anymore, and I stuck with it until the place closed. Uh, And that's where I got, like, my start. Like, I, I technically never advanced past white belt because the place ended up closing, but I ended up going to, like, my first tournament and placing second. So, you know, I'm just (laughs) not bragging, but, you know, just giving myself a little cool points because not many people know that. I don't really talk about it that much. That's cool because sometimes because it's like we actually have a karate place like in my neighborhood um, here in Alabama. And Uh um, I live in I live in Fairfield slash Birmingham over here, which is like in the central part, like right in the middle um, of Alabama. And it's just. I find it really fascinating that people actually can either go all in on on doing that type of fighting style or they just do it a little bit like in their childhood and then they really just don't really do it that much anymore. Like that's crazy. And I think that's really cool though because it conditioned you and it prepared you, you know, for your wrestling career and stuff. And that's amazing. That's really impressive. Like I wish I had the time to learn how to do combat stuff, but that's another topic. <laughs> That's another topic. So after you decided to pursue it as a career full on, did you have a good support system or did you have or did you face any obstacles along the way from people who didn't quite understand why you wanted to pursue it? Multiple obstacles, multiple. Uh, so my like everyone is like, oh, Shalondra, you're going to be a singer. You're going to be a singer. 
I went to school for music. I graduated for college for music. I was on my way to grad school for music. I toured in Italy and sang in Italy, in South Korea. And people expect me to be a good opera singer or at least a teacher. And I wanted that too. So when Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done. I started posting on my Facebook about being a professional wrestler or trying to be a professional wrestler. Everyone had like a double take like, what is she doing? <laughs> Why is she beating up people? Like she should be singing for, you know, for the guys. And yet she's beating people up for the guys. Like what's going on? And I'm like, it's what I like to do. In fact, I like to beat people up and sing at the same time. So, uh, I'm, the, I'm mashing it together and people did not like that in fact a lot of some some of my mentors stopped answering my messages some of them unfriended me on Facebook some of them just they didn't they didn't care they're like you know a lot of them suffered through college and everything with me and I get where they're coming from they suffered through college with me because college wasn't easy for me due to personal reasons. So I understand they're like, we we got her through and she seems like she's throwing it all away, but I'm really not, I'm really not trying to. But because of that, my mom, she, she supports now because she wants me, she believes she's gonna meet um, The Rock through me. So <laughs> she accepted me wrestling. I don't wanna break it to her that I don't know The Rock personally. I'm not sure I will ever get to meet him personally. Hopefully I will. Uh, but if she meets him, then she'll fully accept what I do. My father doesn't really know what I do. Um, and there is some friends that just distance themselves. But along the way, I have made a lot of friends and made a lot of mentors too. It just sucks because it's wrestling. Like I miss my people of music. I miss, you know, people, my gamer friends and things like that. So it's it's been pretty lonely to, it's been a struggle. It's been pretty lonely, but I'm still doing it. See, it's funny because when we first met and you told me that you had went to school for music, that was one of the things that we connected on because yes. so did I. <laughs> and it's just, um, it's just, I was singing like all throughout middle school, elementary school and church and all of the above. And I just thought that, well, if I'm going to do this and if I'm doing this continuously all the time, then maybe I should major in it. Cause a lot of my friends were in choir. I was in two choirs in college. I don't know how I did it, but I did. Um, but I was literally, you know, hanging out with all these friends um, and I just decided, well, I'm gonna do music because I had done a musical that summer my after my freshman year and I'm gonna do music. And I enjoyed the voice lessons component of it because I loved, you know, my voice just getting better and better, mm -hmm. even though I said I was gonna be an alto forever. That was that didn't last long. Um, <laughs> That's what I, I said. Yeah, I became a soprano, you know, fairly quickly. Um, and it's just, after I graduated, you know, and it was a little bit of a struggle, you know, with all my classes and stuff, because 
theory was something that I struggled with. Music theory was something that I struggled so hard with because I do not have a math and science brain at all. Um, I am a creative word type, you know, listening to music and and learning it by hearing type of person. And that was a bit of a struggle, you know, but I did it and I got my degree. But after I came home, you know, there really wasn't a lot that I could do in terms of singing. And I, but outside of the realms of, you know, being at church and stuff, there really wasn't a whole lot that I could do. And anything that I would try to do, I would always get rejected from. So it was hard to sort of put that together um, while also working and trying to survive and all of that stuff. So, but the thing is, what the thing that kept me going was the fact that I knew that I had this, my my voice for a reason and that I was going to use it, you know, whenever the time was right. And it wasn't just all about, you know, gaining all of the accolades or doing what I saw other people doing. Because sometimes yeah. when you see a lot of your friends doing a thing, you feel like, oh, well, I should be doing that thing too. But, you know, there might just be something a whole lot more different that you're sort of burying beneath, you know, and other gifts that you have that deserve your time, you know, and deserve your love just as much as this one thing. And this podcast, doing this podcast and talking about wrestling has helped with that because I've always loved wrestling, but I never thought that anybody would listen to me talk about it. But, you know, it's happened. I'm doing all these things. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to so many different other people. And I'm realizing, you know, more and more that, you know, one part of my voice can be used, but then another part can be used too. So exactly. Yeah. So I think, and I, and a lot of my friends have been pretty supportive of it simply because they really see that I'm, you know, passionate about it. And as long as I'm doing what makes me happy, you know, that's really all that matters to them because a lot of my friends, especially a lot of my music friends, they know about wrestling, but you know, from like the surface level but don't know all about it but they find it fascinating that I do so you know they're really supportive of that and I'm really glad that you actually you know found a community that actually does you know support you in that because really ultimately wrestling is a family even though we may get up get caught up in a whole lot of crazy stuff and arguments and all the other stuff you know we're ultimately a family because we love this one thing and this one thing gives us you know a couple of different things we all take different things out of wrestling but at the end of the day you know we're all a family and i'm really glad that you were able to sort of press through all of those obstacles you know and still want to pursue this dream because it's valid to you and you are able to create you know this family um outside of that as well so yeah that's good I'm glad you did that for yourself and Thank you. you know and it's just really cool like I couldn't even believe you know how our journeys just kind of linked up like that and I was just like I know really? <laughs> so as um as you were talking about singing like how what what was the moment that sort of clicked for you when you decided to connect both of those things together in terms of music and wrestling like singing and you know wrestling at the same time because that's a very unique character i should say because no right. I, there's only been one person to really do it but she was singing badly so right. that was jillian hall like she was singing badly while wrestling you know and that was really it but you sing really well and wrestle so how did that come about 
So I struggled with it for a while because I just thought if I could emulate music in a way, I could just be like music. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to sing and do things at the same time, like sing and wrestle at the same time because girl was getting tired. Until one day I just tried it and I'm like, oh, I can do this. But I knew, so like when I was first coming up with a gimmick, I had two. I had the Royal Flush, which I just used my regular name, Shalandra Royal or Shalandra Royale. And I, cause my last name, like, cause that's my real last name. So I'm like, oh, who's gonna take this away from me? It's on my birth certificate. So, and that's when I came up with like my, that gear, it, it was like the, it had like a cart theme, a black and red and white cart theme. And then I'm like, well, that's cute, but it's not, it's not making me stand out. It's just people will look at my gear, but oh, that's cool. But it's, it just didn't really have much of a personality. Um, especially for someone starting out where people nowadays, you kind of have something to make people pay attention to you. You either got to look really, really good, or you got to be really, really strong, or you have to have a unique talent, or you have to have the over the top get like a uh, gimmick. But me, I was just right there in the middle and just, oh, she's cute. Let's beat her up, you know? Mm -hmm. So then it actually, actually, it was my gear maker, uh, Sandra. She was like, we need to redo all this. She didn't make the first gear. She made the the purple and gold one and the red and black and white one that I debuted at AW. But she was like, we got it. People are gonna know, like, they're not gonna know. So we need to put it on your gear so that they'll know. And I think you should go with music. So it was actually Sandra that kind of gave me the little push to go ahead and do the music theme. And she's like, not many people are singing. It's something that's gonna make you stand out. So even with that, I was still a little bit like reserved with it because I would sing maybe in my entrance and then in my comeback, I would sing, but it felt more like a banshee shriek. <laughs> so I'm like, <sighs> so I battled. I was going to change my gimmick to kind of fit one of my favorite Mortal Kombat characters, um, Sindel. Mm -hmm. I was going to do that. And I'm just like, but no, like I didn't go to school and suffer through college and do all this for no reason. People are gonna hear me sing because I still have student loans, people. So as long as they're there, I'm going to, <laughs> you know, yes. student loans. So I'm gonna use this. So during quarantine, I had a lot of time to myself to think. And it it, it, it sucks because it feels, so, it's so recent that it took me to get here. But I started rethinking. I'm like, why didn't I stand out on AW Dark? Why didn't I stand out? Like, why do people just book me to be the baby face and to just get beat and make their person look good? They know that I'm a good wrestler. They at least know that my technique is there. Like my basics are there. They know that I can sell and do whatever, but what is not making me pop? And thus, Shalance was born. Shalance actually was already born in South Korea, but I had shelved her away. But now I'm like, you know what? I am a musical diva. I can actually sing. I have a degree in it and I can sing multiple styles and people are going to need to hear it. And that's birth Shawanse. And now I just sing and it took me, it was actually a recent match against Twisted Trixie. Um, it was my birthday tour where I realized that I can actually sing and beat people up at the same time. I wanted her to sing happy birthday to me and she wouldn't sing happy birthday to me. So I'm like, fine, I'll sing it myself. 
Because mm-hmm. I started singing it myself and beating her up because she should be the one that sings it. So I complete the whole song while beating her up. And I'm like, I got something here. I have something here. And I didn't get winded. I didn't get tired. And I could do that. So I'm like, you know what? Now I'm just going to sing and beat people up because I like the sound of my own voice and people, I got to win. So. Yeah, and I imagine it sort of gives you a power boost because I know when I would sing, it sort of like it makes me feel like I have like a superpower. Like yes, it sort of boosts yes. like your like the happiness in your mind. So I can only imagine how much you're gassing yourself up during a match while you're singing too. Like that's wow. got to be like wild. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And then the fact that your last name is Royale too, like that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like how my last name is Hardy. And I remember I, when I first met Casey, who's um, one of the owners of the Belladonna division, and shout out to her. Um, I told her that that was that Hardy was actually my last name. And she was just like, so is that really your last name? Or is that something that you kind of, you know, picked up along the way? I was like, no, like, that's really it. Like on my birth certificate, my last name is H-A-R-D-Y, like the Hardy Boys. Cause she was just like, okay, cause if it's not real, then, you know, you'll just have to, you know, just change it. But I was like, no, like, that's really it. Like my- Why would you have to change it if it wasn't real? I mean, I think, I I think that was the way, I forgot exactly why. Cause in those messages, I was just panicking or whatever, but it's just, when you're it's just like when your last name is hardy it's like fans either when you're in a like a fan group or whatever and people are like whoa like that's really your last name like full on yeah and i embrace uh, that so okay. but then you never know because you could get reached with like copyright or something like that like i don't know who owns that in wrestling or if the hardy boys themselves actually own it but it's just, I guess sometimes, cause you really just don't want to run into any legal troubles, you know? Right. But you know, Hardy is a really, is it's not really, really common, but it's common enough, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's actually my last name. And then the fact, and then the fact to tie in the fact that my name is Stephanie too. Like there's so many Stephanies in wrestling yeah. connected to wrestlers. It's insane. But I told Casey, like my parents didn't do that on purpose. I promise they didn't. That's just how it turned out. They named that's me. How it yeah, they named me Stephanie. <laughs> and it just so happened I fell in love with wrestling later on. But it's okay though. So um as a trainee you know as you're training in wrestling you know out like in terms of like did you train outside of the nightmare factory first um like did you get any training outside of there first or was that your first like wrestling school that you went to so technically i got a little bit of a tiny incidency uh taste of training in backyard wrestling that's Mm -hmm. where i technically learned to bump and to hit the ropes in a sort and so at the time it wasn't nightmare factory at the time it was called one fall power factory mm-hmm. and i went over there and i just kind of redid everything um but i i was a little bit ahead of the curve because i wasn't afraid of bumping i wasn't afraid of uh, running the ropes i was so happy to be involved i wanted to do every drill that they did and it helped that i have an athletic background too so i just kind of picked up really quickly um at one fall slash nightmare factory okay so what have been some of the greatest lessons that you've learned you know as you matriculated through that trade uh don't take anything personally um 
just do it like don't be like if you're gonna do a drill commit to it like you know a lot of times we just you just do it to get through the moves or to get through the drill but like this is your time to like practice and really make it muscle memory so that what you do in um in their matches and be a team player be a team player in a sense of knowing that you need to take care of the person in the ring with you and get involved take initiative do what you have to do um and also yes worry about you know your colleagues if you want but also worry about yourself like this is a business and it's not always kind it's not always easy appreciate those that are kind to you and supportive of you but understand that not everyone's going to be that way definitely those are really good lessons that you um have learned and um what is the facility like because i've Uh, seen like pictures but I've never seen like like a holistic sort of view of what the Nightmare Factory really looks like. Like, what is that facility like, and how does it sort of, and what does it, what does it have that sort of helps facilitate the future of wrestling? So it has like a full gym. Mm-hmm. NFL players also train there at a gym as well. Oh, wow. It has four wrestling rings. Uh, well, it, it probably has more, but we don't always have them all up. So there's like four up wrestling rings. Um and and then other things that a gym would have like bathroom. <laughs> I think it it also has a cryo lab, but that's something that's like um that we share with the the NFL trainers and things like that. But as far as us, we have like a full a full facilitated gym and four wrestling rings and a nice open like space. So it's pretty nice. Okay, cool. So. You had mentioned that you had been a singer, you know, and you were pursuing it as well. So you were basically doing singing like before, before you started wrestling. So we've sort of established that. So if you were to pursue a music career, how would you balance that out with wrestling? Or had you ever thought about that before? (laughs) Yes, I thought about it. (laughs) Um, I just like, so my goal is once I get financially set because the struggle is real. Um, but far enough, far enough into my wrestling career, I would want to create my own studio or maybe collab with someone else's studio because I'm all about like helping, you know, like sometimes you got to help each other. But ideally, I would want my own studio and I would record my own stuff or I would pick back up like classical lessons again and, and hope, you know, do like a few performances like I used to do. I used to perform at weddings and funerals or just put on recitals, you know, but instead maybe like put on recitals for benefits of others, you know, because before I would do it for myself to raise money but maybe you know perform for a cause there's things like that alongside wrestling so I just I kind of have like a few plans and my goal is to be so successful with wrestling that people associate me with with music it just in general that they expect an album they expect an EP they expect an instrumental they expect these things so basically you're gonna be like you want to be like Lillian Garcia times 10 Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> because that's the first person I think of when it comes to like music and having a music career and then also um, having her wrestling career, though she was um, an announcer for years. Right and now she's a podcast host and stuff. 
um it's just whenever i remember the first time i found out she could sing i was so excited because i was just like oh my god so you can sing and you can announce okay girl so that's kind of what that reminds me of and i think that's a pretty good um goal to have to have your own studio and make music and do the whole both and thing and not just one thing at a time um so what are your favorite types of genres to sing to sing, I would say classical. I know, I know people are like, ew, but classical music, I mean, because that's what I'm most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just certain certain uh, pop songs, like, I don't know how to explain, because I don't know like what genre it fits in, but I don't know. But I mean, obviously, I love to sing classical, I, and I love to—I just love to sing pop. I love to sing K-pop as well, but I like to listen to it more than sing it. <laughs> but I like to sing. I just—I just like to sing whatever like my soul like resonates with at the time. Okay, cool. So I know one of my favorite things that I used to love to sing. I used to love singing like it, even though it was hard. I loved singing um, German Leader really yeah like i loved singing singing songs in german because that that was the easiest language for me to grasp along with other african songs too like those were kind of easier for me to do like but really? french, french used to kick kick my butt oh yeah <laughs> french i sucked at it there's one time i really wanted them like my <laughs> recital like uh, my finishing recital i was like take the song away no, I don't want to do it. And they're like, well, you have to have, you had to have like songs in different languages on their, um, on the repertoire. Yes. And I was already limited in what I was singing anyway. So she was like, you have to have this. German kicked my butt too. Like, uh, German, because I'll be spinning all over the place singing it. And Italian was my favorite. It was the easiest. Oh, that's my favorite too. I loved Italian. Anytime any one of my voice teachers gave me Italian, like I would kick its butt. Oh my God, I love Italian and I love German. But French, mm-mm, that was, that was yeah. not my favorite. But I love singing African stuff too, because in um, in the gospel choir that I was in, in in college, our professor, Dr. Bullock, shout out to her, she's my hero. Um, she would teach, she um, would do study abroad trips in, um, she would go to Ghana and I think she, I want to say she went to Nigeria, maybe. I can't remember the other country. But she would come back and learn these African songs and teach them to us. And, uh-huh. and oh my God, we would learn these songs, you know, and learn the syllables and the letters and all of that. And it was just the greatest thing. And you wind up keeping them in your mind forever. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I haven't forgotten those songs, you know, to this day. And it's just, those were my favorite songs to sing. And because it just felt like I was like closer to my heritage in that way. So Aww. like, I loved doing that as well. But my favorite genres to sing right now are like gospel and R&B because that's just, mm. yeah, that's my favorite thing. But I do like to sing classic rock too, but I don't really tell people that. So yes. That's yeah, we don't that's say that out loud. Yes, they'll, I've they'll never really said that out loud. <laughs> oh my god like classic rock is so cool but a lot of I, yes. I, just, I just feel like a lot of people really don't take that into account for real but classic rock is amazing because I you're really able to yeah you're able to sort of scream a little bit and that's just awesome so yeah um um so you mentioned that miss sandra gave you the idea um 
Sorry, I got gnats right now. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, you mentioned the idea that Miss Sandra actually gave you the idea to sort of have this singing character with that. And shout outs to her because she's like an OG. Like in wrestling, like, she's been making gear, you know, for the for the gods forever. Like that had to be the most amazing experience. And I would love to have her on my show. Um, oh, she's amazing. Oh my God, I would love to have her on my show, but I'm just not sure. Um, so how did the pandemic sort of affect your career? Um, Cause I know it affected, you know, all of us and it's still affecting us now because, you know, it's deciding to spread off and, you know, into different variants and stuff like that, like Loki. But um, <laughs> so how does, how did that, you know, affect your career and how were you able to sort of pivot around it? Mm, it's kind of twofold. So like, I feel like it really hindered my career because in the beginning of the year, I had, I started having so many bookings. It, um, I was becoming more confident, at least in my ring work. And I was, I was just so ready. It also was turning heel at certain places for the very first time. I was always a baby face. I was always a baby face. People just love beating me up and the crowd loves like cheering for me to like win. But then I finally um, had the courage to go heel. And I loved it. I got out my grievances. I, and, and I, being a heel in the business as well, which I, I'm not sure if a lot of people go by this, but I know we're taught like typically the heel is usually either the more experienced or the ones that help call the match or guide the match through. So of course I'm just like, super Shalandra can do it now. You know, I'm like, I got this. I, I'm in the game for a little bit. I know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I thought I knew what I was doing. So when the pandemic hit, it shut everything down. Like everything and now I'm I had all these bookings that are just canceling left and right left and right and for me for someone that would maybe do like a show once a month that was big to be able to have all my weekends booked and now they're not but I'm kind of glad that the pandemic happened well let me rephrase that I'm not glad it happened but I'm saying for me, I'm glad what happened for me during it was, it was a wake up call on a lot of fronts in my life, a lot. But in particular with wrestling, it helped me realize that I needed to take my wrestling game to the next level. It was cute and all, but I really wasn't doing things to stand out. Like I just, I was just a wrestler. I wasn't really a wrestler. If Am I making sense? Like there, was, there was a wrestler, but there wasn't any substance to it. It's just like, oh, she did a good job. But it, people wouldn't really remember me by the end of the night other than, oh, she's cute, or I liked her wig, or her butt was big. That's all, that's all I would hear. But I wanted people to talk about me enough to where other bookers want to book me. And I discovered that. And so while I'm still not 100% there with my gimmick, I feel like, and I say this all the time, like some people felt so constricted during the quarantine that there was like a, a cage for them. But for me, it was like a cocoon. I feel like I transformed. I learned so much about myself and I had a lot of time to watch wrestling finally and like really study. And I, I don't regret that time. I hate that a pandemic had to happen, 
but I tried to turn it to where it would be more beneficial to me should I survive it. Yeah, like I feel like it sort of tested a lot of people in terms of who they were because for a long time, something that a lot of people talk about on social media is the fact that we sort of use what we do on a regular basis as a coping mechanism for the things Mm -hmm. that we try to cover up or ignore. Um, And I feel like once the pandemic um, started and slowed everything down and shut everything down, it made us sort of have to really come to grips with what was actually happening to us and what we've been covering up for so long and how we want to move forward. And, you know, and a lot of the people in, in wrestling that I have talked to, you know, may do by, you know, selling merchandise and sort of retooling, you know, who they were as people and also as characters as well. And just, you know, sort of like you said, because, you know, went inside of a cocoon and then are, you know, slowly breaking out or breaking out completely and having those butterfly wings, you know? And that's always a good thing because, you know, hardships come to test us and evolve us and help us get better. So that's really what this is doing ultimately. Um, even though you even though you hate, you know, the price that it has to come to um, with the loss of so many people. But at the same time, it helps us to sort of really take stock in what we have, you know, and be grateful because it could all be gone at some point. So I was glad I'm glad that you're able to sort of, you know, take that time to evolve and get better and, you know, be the character that you were able to find. Your journey reminds me a lot of Sasha Banks's journey. Like, cause really? She, yeah, because she said in an interview, you know, that when she was wrestling, a lot of people, at first when she got to NXT, she really didn't have that much of a character at first, but it was Dusty Rhodes, um, ironically, who helped her to um, unlock the sort of boss character that, she's, that she also took from her cousin Snoop Dogg um a little bit because everybody called him the boss and everything so she decided to take that and then he was the one to sort of give her that extra push because she was always a great wrestler because she had been wrestling in the indies and training and all that but on nxt television you know she was just this smiley girl and she and there was something else within her that she needed to push her forward and that's how the boss was born and that's how she is you know how she's as successful as she is now and that's kind of what that reminds me of Um, funny you say that i resonate so much with sasha i really do yeah i would love to meet her one day oh my god me too she's the goat to me like she's the greatest she's the greatest women's wrestler alive right now like i will die on that hill (laughs) like to me i love her so much i love i love almost all women wrestlers but she's my favorite favorite like her her and bianca Belair. but yeah um so since you've been going through and getting bookings and stuff for these independent wrestling shows like how has the independent wrestling scene sort of treated you and have and do you have like a fan base i feel like i have a small little fan base um as far as the indie scene treated me i don't i don't know if it's me or them but i I don't know. I find it, it's probably me. <laughs> it's, it's sometimes I feel like it's, it's treated me weird. Like nowadays, now more promoters are opening up about like how many women's matches they have or what, but like before, like every, all, everything came out about like basically the women's movement, it would be like, well, they have their staple women. 
So it's like trying to have them take a chance on you. Like, hey, I know you have your favorite girl here, but um, I like to wrestle too, or I would like to go here. So it's like that and, or promoters, some promoters not thinking you're worth it. And I know a lot of girls go through that. A lot of them, they're like, oh, that's your fee. Are you worth it? No. Or where have you been? What have you done? But I think a lot of women's wrestlers have that struggle, but I've had a lot of good things too. So the, the indie scene is rough, is rough. And I'm still learning how to navigate it. But I have a lot of great memories and I have a lot of places that have taken a chance on me or believe in me or help me. So I'm extremely loyal to those places and I can't wait to venture out more. Yeah, um, it's so funny like, what you said about women's wrestlers sort of having to negotiate their pay um, to a degree. That sort of ties into my next question um of how you feel about the state of women's wrestling even in the indies or on the mainstream um and in terms of what is what's good that's happening with it and what do you think could be improved upon and i find that the value that's being placed on women's wrestling it's growing and it's getting better but then there's the underlying belief that maybe it still doesn't that people still don't really want to see it as much as the men's wrestling and that's a problem so could you expound on what you think should be better in terms of women's wrestling and what is going on that's really good for women's wrestling right now from your perspective well keep in mind i've only been in this business for a whole two seconds so what i'm saying is strictly my opinion it's strictly what i've observed I understand both sides of the coin. So in, in one essence, I I want women to be taken more seriously. We put our bodies on the line out there just like the dudes do. But I understand also that a lot of people feel that if women are going to main event, semi-mayor, they want better pay or they want these things, they need to know how to wrestle. And there's a lot of women wrestlers out there that are okay. You know, like I'm okay. You know, some of us are okay. Um, But there are some that are like killing it, you know? And so they're like, well, if you're killing it, then yes, we want to push you and do this stuff. But if you're okay, then they don't want you to necessarily be vocal. However, I do, I have witnessed a lot of unfair things that happen to certain women. I feel like, because times are changing and because, how do I say this? I feel that women should be taken more seriously because the time now calls for it. You know, it would be nice to not just have one women's match on a show, which is the stereotypical thing. It would be nice to have maybe two, heck, maybe even three. But for some people, that's asking so much. But another thing I think that I hear all the time and I'm not quite sure how to fix this I hear promoters say like well women want too much so therefore we can only afford to have one match on the card so I don't know you know what I mean like I don't I don't know because I would never tell someone to lower their rate just to be on a show like your rate is your rate but I that's talk that I hear um but as a woman, regardless of the rules or the things that I hear being said, 
I do believe that we deserve more chances. I'm so proud of the women's movement. I'm so proud of women standing up and going for it. And because we can put on quality matches too. You know, we can, we can draw, we can bring people in seats. We can, but we need a chance and not just, oh, I just got two girls on the card. Y'all don't really have a story. We just need you to wrestle because we just need to have a girls match on there, which I've encountered a lot. So I don't know if that really answered your question. It's one of those things where I can ramble about all day and then finally get to my point. But overall, I'm proud of what the women are doing. I don't want the women to give up. I want promoters to give women more chances or at least learn how to book us. Because that's another thing. There, there are some promoters that have asked me even, they're like, well, what can this person do? What can this person do? They, they throw women in like a multi-man just to have a women's match. And I'm like, some of these girls don't even know how to do these matches or even want to do these matches have a singles, have a this, have a that. Like they get creative with coming up with all these types of matches for the guys and then just don't even think about story or anything with the ladies. So while yes, I hear all the complaints that happens with promoters and behind the scenes, but can you at least give us better storylines? Can you at least give us better matches? At least. Yeah, I think that is something that really does need to be improved on is more women. I believe that women should be writing stories for women. Um, and I feel like those storylines would be more nuanced if from a female perspective, we could write you know, more nuanced stories that way. Behind, and that requires more inclusion behind the scenes of women of all different backgrounds. And you see women like Mickey James and you see women like um, Maria Canellis Bennett, you know, making those changes with Ring of Honor and with NWA, and even with Casey with the Belladonna division, you yes. know, making those changes and actually having women be a part of the entire show. And mm -hmm. or flawless, that, like even flawless. Yeah, Kenzie flawless Page. shine. Yeah, yeah. It's like you. I see, mean, because sorry. Yeah, you see, it's okay. You see stuff like that, and it sort of inspires you. You know, it, I'm sure it inspires a lot of people to sort of want to do better. I hope it does. Um, and actually have more inclusion when it comes to stuff like that. But there's always, you know, work to be done um, from that, you know, vein. So I feel like the future for women's wrestling is bright. But like I said, there's always more improvements that can be made. Yeah, I feel definitely. Like, yeah, but I feel like as long as women are able to tell the stories of women, then that would make it like 10, like, 10 times better definitely so in speaking about the, the belladonna division um you having participated in genesis one you know and wrestling in your match um against zoe sky what would you say what different things are you going to bring to genesis two which is taking place next weekend or by the time this is this interview is out this coming Saturday. So what different things are you going to add when you come to Genesis this time? Uh, it depends on my opponent. Mm -hmm. You know, I adjust to my opponent because Shalance is the show. Like, it, it is what it is. Shalance is the show. Shalance is the reason why people come to the Belladonna division. So I don't really have to change up anything because they already know, but I know that not every opponent is the same, so I'll just adjust accordingly. Okay, good answer. 
So how did you feel being a part of that show though? Because I know from my from for me, this was the first independent wrestling show I had ever been to in my life. Um, and, then, and then the fact that I was able to even participate in it as a commentary, you know, person that meant a lot to me personally you know as a fan because I was always sort of you know when it comes to wrestling you're sort of on the outside looking in because you're watching all these people on the screen but to be a part of it it's like and to see so many of you you know doing this on a high level and being able to commentate and tell the story for it just meant a whole lot to me so how did it make you feel to be a part of that and then to be a part of you know the first all-female promotion like in Alabama period like how did that make you feel you know it didn't hit me really at the time until I realized like it was the first female promotion in Alabama um and especially in this stretch down here in the south it it felt great but at the time I didn't but at the time, I'm like, I hear, I'm here to wrestle. I'm here to do this. And then afterwards, I'm like, wow, we really did that. We're going to keep doing that. But it felt, it felt comfortable because, well, in in the locker rooms where there's mainly men, I mean, it's not like I'm uncomfortable, but I know sometimes there are uncomfortable situations like there's not a, an additional dressing room. So you have to either get dressed in the bathroom or you have to kind of figure out how to finagle yourself without being seen. But here it just was such a comfort to know like, I don't have to worry about, you know, someone that shouldn't see my girly part seeing my girly part. So, <laughs> you know, like I could just walk around freely. I'm not saying I walked around naked, but like maybe I wasn't completely dressed or, you know, people, you could, I'll, occupy the space and not have to worry about the people like along line for the bathroom or something because everybody's trying to change you know and I mean it was the locker room was accommodating for women I mean there was mirrors and like little like bins where there's like feminine products and other things like that hair ties stuff you know that the things that we often forget or we know we need and things happen so it was literally a locker room for women and it felt amazing so that is one of the reasons why I say like oh wow it didn't really hit me because it felt like a professional setting I came there to work but because it went so smooth my brain didn't think about it but now that I think about it it felt great it was was great I can't wait yeah it really was great like it was it was so comfortable I couldn't even believe I was even back there like I never if you had told me years ago that I was going to be in a locker room with wrestling with women's wrestling superheroes like y'all like I would have said nah no way but being back there with y'all and you know it felt very comfortable for me it felt like a sleepover low-key like when you were a child you know you would go over your friend's house for a birthday party and then they would have the sleepover and we're all talking about you know girly things except we're not talking about girly things really we're talking about wrestling but then at the same time you feel it's that comfort there right Mm -hmm. so that's how good it felt and it was just really it was really nice and I can't wait to go back like I'm really excited um and shout out to Casey again for putting together such a great show and I feel like this show Genesis 2 is going to be really great as well because I mean the talent we have there's you there's Amber Rodriguez like so many women I'm 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 so called Maserati Lazarus like just so many great women oh I'm so excited 
So who has been your favorite opponent to face so far? Oh, that's such a hard question. Because like all my opponents I walk away with something. Oh, this is so hard. My favorite. So let, let me just say this. I haven't had a, a match where I walked away and I didn't like the person. So I haven't had one of those. But one that's coming to mind right now is Marina Tucker. We faced each other last month in Sanford, Florida. Marina is, I love her. I'm supposed to hate her, but I love her. <laughs> she, she's, she's so cool. I love her gimmick. She's so chill. She's professional. She's willing to try anything. And, and I'm, and I don't like to just individualize it because all my, like all my opponents like have been that way um, so far. But I would have to say, if I had to choose one, Marina and I can't, Marina and Nyla Rose. Those oh. would be my two. Okay, so you faced the former AEW Women's Champion before. Yes. Cool. I have a lot of guests who've said, you know, many great things about her. Yeah, she was my first dark match. Well, my actual only dark match as of yet on AEW. I faced her, I tagged with Shazza McKenzie. And versus Nyla and Leva, even though Leva was technically never tagged in. And it was it was great. I got beat up horrendously by Nyla. <laughs> but she annihilated me. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure she did, but I'm glad that you had that experience. So do you have any dream opponents? People you haven't faced yet. Who do you dream opponents? that this changes like on a weekly basis. So Sasha, Sasha Banks, number one. Um, Bianca, number two. I mean, I think those are like a given. Yeah. Um, one that people <laughs> probably wouldn't expect is, um, okay. So two that people probably wouldn't expect is Anna J. I want to face her again now that she's, you know, elevated. Um, Charlotte Flair. Mm -hmm. I know people would. And Mickey James. <laughs> Those are some great opponents there. Like, it's like you have you have all of the goats and then you have and then you have you know rising stars like Anna and Jay like that yeah because we trained together it's one of those nostalgic things like Anna and I started at One Fall aka the Nightmare Factory around the same time I think she maybe was there maybe like a few weeks before me and she you know we kind of we just kind of we were like the only two consistent women at one point and so we kind of saw each other grow. We got a lot of rain time together. And she was signed with, with almost, a, I think maybe five matches under her belt maybe. And that was like three of them. So two or three of them, you know? So it's like, I think it would be an emotional moment should I get to face her again, because I'm like, we started out together. And yes, she got a contract and everything before me. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I can she, see you. She got... Okay. 
but she got there before me but it doesn't mean that I won't get there I'm super happy for her and super proud for her and I, I just want to face her again on a higher level than we once were and I think that moment will probably like make me cry yeah definitely you have that bond and I feel like that would be an emotional moment if you guys were to lock up together and link up together would you want to face Britt Baker DMD No, I don't want her hands in my mouth. This is my <laughs> instrument. My instrument. And the moment she goes, I'm like, I will bite with all my might. But no, especially she, while I'm in the midst of singing and she puts her hands in my mouth, oh no. No. <laughs> so, we asked, I asked you about your dream opponents. So, who are your top five wrestlers, male, female, or otherwise? Oh, this is so difficult. Top five wrestlers. So, people are going to hate me because, like, I didn't watch wrestling for a huge chunk of my life. I couldn't, I didn't have cable. Uh, my top five wrestlers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give these <laughs> based off of like my little two sips of growing up. So one not in no particular order. Yeah. One is John Morrison. So he's one of the wrestlers that I noticed when I was really young. Uh, and I'll never forget. I only watched one match with him, and it was with him against old school Drew McIntyre. And Ooh. I did not like Drew because I was like he is his hair is horrible. He's ugly. I don't think he's ugly. But, you know, I was a kid, so I'm like, ew, but John Morrison, you could not tell me I wasn't going to marry him. <laughs> you know, respects to his with his wife and stuff. But when I was younger, I was like, that's my husband. His hair looks amazing. Even after he wrestles, his pants are shiny. So I would have to say, but all due respect, I really always thought he was a good wrestler. Um, so John Morrison, for, you know, superficial reasons, um, Ricky Steamboat, because I studied and continuously studying a lot of his styles because I just don't see it enough these days. <sighs> Most people are gonna say Charlotte Flair because um, she's, a lot of people will always say she's where she is because of her father. And that is true in a sense, but I think she also works for it. She looks great. She put in quality matches. Um, <gasps> Rhea Ripley is also a dream match. I forgot, but Rhea Ripley, that if I love Rhea, yeah. so I clue, clue her in there. And uh, and I just say Sasha. I mean, I have, did I say Sasha already? Yeah, you did, but it's okay if you want to, if, if, if you want to repeat the goat's name, repeat the goat's name. I mean, God, you know. <laughs> But yeah, um, but there's, oh, that's so hard. There's a lot of wrestlers, but yeah, I would name those. Okay, that's a pretty solid list, you know? I mean, cause I know I ask people that question, but if somebody were to ask me that question, I would kind of freeze up too, cause mine changes all the time. So there's no pressure, it's okay. So if you were given the opportunity to sign for a major mainstream company like AEW or WWE or Impact, would you go for it? And which one would you go for, if I can ask it? I would. Um, but I don't know who. 
it, I guess, because a lot of people would say, well, AEW, obviously, because I've been on there about three times, but I, I just want to wrestle. So whatever wrestling company wants me and would treat me well, if I had to choose, it would either be NWA or AEW. Okay. But if the WWE came knocking, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. Like, if Impact is like, hey, I'm not going to be saying no. But if it, if I had to choose and those were the two options that I only had because the other two weren't on on the table, then, I mean, the others weren't on the table and those were, then I, w- I would go with those two. Okay, and those are two pretty solid choices. You know, the knockouts division is really great. And then with AEW, their women's their women's division is pretty, you know, stellar as well. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong with either one of those choices, to be completely honest. And I hope that in the future, I will see more of you, you know, one day on either one of those shows. And I'd be like, yeah, I know her. So that would be cool. So what does the future hold for Shilase? The future is very bright for me. Um, I'm just, I'm just taking it day by day. Like I, ideally, I want to get signed. Um, my goal is to be signed within the next two years. So I got a lot of work to do. I feel like I have to set that goal, otherwise I'm just gonna keep going through the motions, you know. Which is very easy being a wrestler that's self-supporting yourself, you know, and you know everyone is like you should be an opera singer not a wrestler so um so my goal is to be signed to a company the next two years to be able to at least have wrestled in 10 to 15 additional states than i am now um and I just want to make a splash on the wrestling community because I think everybody should be checking for Shalance. I work hard, I train hard, I am multi-talented, I'm a jackie of all trades. I I feel like I can bring the star power to any show that I'm on. I just need people to go ahead and book me. Okay, well, Shalance Royale, thank you so much for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So um, take this time to sort of put yourself over and tell people where they can find you on social media and also tell people what you've got going on. So yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, I am on Instagram and Twitter at Shalance underscore Royal. I'm on YouTube at The Fighting Siren, but I'm sure if you type in Shalance, you'll find that channel eventually. I'm on TikTok with Shalance Royal. Um, I'm Twitch, Shalance Royal. <laughs> uh, what else do I do? I feel like I do a lot of things. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Currently, yes, on Saturday, when this comes out, um, I would have already wrestled in Alabama on the 14th. On the 15th, I'm at GIPW. Wrestle for the Belladonna Division coming up. on. So I'll be at Flawless on the 20th. I'll be on the 21st, I'll be at the Belladonna Division, and the 25th, I'll be, sorry, 21st, I'll be at Pro Wrestling Action, which are all great, amazing promotions, so I highly recommend people check those out. Continue to be on the lookout for things from the Nightmare Factory, and you just never know. Continue to support and say, hey, we want to see Shalance on AEW. Support. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and gracing us with your presence. 
um thank you no problem thank you so much for having me Okay, so I was sitting with my friends one day and they asked me, Stephanie, how do you record your podcast? And I said, with the Anchor app on my phone. And they were like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, it's that simple. It is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. And it will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. They even have classes and stuff that you can listen to that will give you all kinds of good tips on what you need to do in order to make the best podcast. So if you want to do this, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. All right, so... I'm going to use this segment to talk more about the Belladonna division, which was started this year by Casey Dillon and Veronica Fairchild, who are two um, amazing people who I've had on the podcast before a couple of months ago involving Genesis 1, which happened um, a a few months ago. Um, And it was and it's basically the first all female um wrestling promotion in the south or at least in alabama and these two amazing women decided to come together and create this division um in gaston alabama for the sake of pushing women's wrestling in the south and i am really honored and privileged to be a part of the first to have been a part of the first show genesis one um which had jazz during her um retirement tour um, participating in a tag team match with um, Miss with the Wode, and with so many other talented women like Heather Monroe, Ray Lynn, and just so many other talented women like Shalance Royale, who I just spoke to, and just so many other talented women who are basically pushing for the needle when it comes to women's wrestling and independence. This was my first independent show ever. Like I had never been to one. I had only been to the amazing, um, nice, sparkly WWE shows and the live events. I had never really been to a indie show. And this was my first time being at an indie show. And then to be able to participate in one meant the world to me too. So it's just like, man, like being a part of this show and being in a locker room full of super women who are just able to do these amazing things and fight these people and just be able to do these things was just absolutely amazing. And being able to tell the story of women like Casey Keene, who had just started her wrestling career maybe a couple months ago, and that was her third match ever. And seeing her and Valentina Loca come up together in the Black and Brave Academy and then being on the same show together, that meant a lot to me as well. So you can only imagine my surprise when they asked me to come back and commentate for Genesis 2. Like, I was really excited and just humbled to be a part of it anyway, but now I'm coming back for the second one. So, this second one is going to feature major players in women's wrestling, like Renee Michelle, who is the wife of WWE's Drake Maverick and an accomplished wrestler in her own right. I don't know if you may or may not know her, but she was a participant in um, the Mae Young Classic, and she was also a participant 
um, in the whole storyline involving her getting married to Drake Maverick and not being able to consummate her marriage because he was obsessed with winning the 24-7 title away from R-Truth. And she is an amazing wrestler in her own right. And I'm really happy that she is on this card. Plus, it was also just announced um, two days ago that Jordan Grace, who is a former Knockouts champion and Knockouts tag team champion on Impact Wrestling, she's going to be participating in the show too along with so many others like Shalance Royal and just so many other women who are the backbone of the women's um, wrestling movement going on in the indies right now. So if you want to go, please go to the Gaston Mall. Um, it's going to be at the Gaston Mall this Saturday, um, August the 21st. And yes, it's SummerSlam um, <laughs> that Saturday as well. But if you have a mind to check out some women's wrestling, please come to our show. Doors open at 6 o'clock. You can buy tickets at um, www.thebelladonnadivision.com and just check out this um, wonderful show. We have a great show, you know, lined up for you at the Gaston Mall. Um, which is home of Spartan Wrestling right now. So please come out and check us out. And we've also have like a Belladonna Dude show, which is sort of like a pre-show, you could say. Um, before it as well, we got some great male talent as well. So please come and check that out and come and check out Genesis 2. Um, let's just continue to support women's wrestling in the South and just women's wrestling as a collective. You know, there's so many great things happening um, this coming weekend with women's wrestling with Bianca and Sasha fighting in SummerSlam for the second time for the SmackDown women's title. Like you have Jade and um, Kiara Hogan getting ready to fight each other at Rampage, like in AEW. There are just so many amazing things happening along with um, NXT TakeOver 36 happening Sunday as well. So there are just so many amazing things happening in the world of wrestling, women's wrestling. And plus not to mention next weekend, um, NWA is having their first all-females pay-per-view in power, which is executive produced by Mickie James. Um, who is just a legend. So there's just so much beauty, beauty going on in women's wrestling. So please support it all if you can. Support your local indies, you know, wherever you are. And just continue to support women's wrestling because it matters and it does sell and it is a draw. So don't let nobody lie to you. Um, but yeah, please come and to the Belladonna Divisions Genesis 2 and uh, at the Gaston Mall here in Gaston, Alabama and just support women's wrestling in the South. All right, so thank you for listening to this episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Um, more than likely, the show will be back to normal in a little while. Um, I've been crazy busy between preparing for the Belladonna Division show that Saturday and then also um, doing stuff with women's wrestling talk as well, doing news stuff and panel stuff and so many different things going on with that. And also um, participating um getting ready to go to St. Louis next weekend there's just been so much going on but um hopefully at some point the show will actually get back to normal and I'll go back to doing recaps and stuff like that but I've just been working really hard to create still like some of the best content I can for you guys in terms of interviews and um, recaps and news stories and stuff like that so please I'm if you've if the show has gone into a bit of flux it's because I've had all these changes and so many interviews to come in and stuff like that, which I'm really grateful for. But in the meantime, in between time, there's just 
I'm really just trying to handle the waves of it all. So if it seems like it's not as normal as it used to be, then that's really why. But if you've bared with me through all of that, I'm really grateful for you. So um, in the meantime, in between time, I hope you enjoy this wrestling weekend we've got. Of course, AEW Rampage is tomorrow. And then we have Summer SmackDown is tomorrow as well, as long with um, SummerSlam. And um, Sunday, we have NXT TakeOver 36. And then, of course, we have a new week in wrestling just popping off. And we have to, you know, deal with all the stuff that comes with that. So I hope you're remaining safe and doing everything you possibly can to keep yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally healthy. And I just hope that um, with all the opportunities that you have coming forth in your life or even right now even if you don't have a lot of opportunities just know that blessings are always around the corner you know and just never give up on yourself so with that in mind um thank you for listening to the hardy wrestling podcast please follow me on instagram at hardy wrestle hardy wrestling podcast and on twitter at hardy wrestle pod and on Facebook at The Hardy Wrestling Podcast as well. And also follow Women's Wrestling Talk, the show that I help co-host with TK Trinidad and so many am- other amazing women like Gabby Loren, um, Katrina Storm, Ella Jackson, and just so many other amazing women who are passionate about wrestling just like I am. Follow um, Women's Wrestling Talk um, on Instagram at Pod, and also follow us um, using the same handle on Twitter and watch us every other Wednesday on Fight TV. Um, my episode with TK Trinidad and Lee's premiered um, this past Wednesday. So if you hadn't had a chance to look at that, please watch it. I will greatly, you know, appreciate that. That was a huge moment for me because I had never really, you know, imagined that for myself and it happened in such a major way. So thank God and whatever higher power you believe in for that and just continue to support me, um, Women's Wrestling Talk and the Hardy Wrestling Podcast as well. Um, and you know where you can listen to me anywhere you get your podcasts um, and even on my YouTube channel, Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So with that, all of that in mind, this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. And until next time, bye, y'all. Thank you.